Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfect Bell, football is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's right, 100%. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect Perfectville. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your four and three Miami Dolphins Finstant Reaction Show. Sam Marcoux from the Welcome to Perfectville podcast, part of the Believe Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. And the Miami Dolphins make it back into the winning category yet again. Snap a three-game losing streak against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football at home, celebrating the perfect season from 1972, by the way. Uh, not the prettiest victory, but a victory nonetheless. Tua Tungavailoa comes back, lowers the boom, literally and figuratively, on the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially early in this game. My instant thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, when I saw that first drive was, okay, we're back. The speed bump that was concussion gate, the backup quarterbacks and everything else that happened for those three weeks is now behind us. The offense is clicking again. Uh, I think the first three drives, we had points. Uh, unfortunately, two of those were field goals. Only the one touchdown on the on the night. Uh, four scoring drives in the first half, but again, three of those are field goals. No scoring for either team in the second half. 16 to 10 is the final score. The Miami Dolphins dominated this game uh, in terms of moving the ball. They dominated this game on defense. I mean, anytime you only give up 10 points to the opposing defense or to the opposing team in general, um, that's a good day at the office if you're the Miami Dolphins and this defense. But uh it didn't seem as satisfying as perhaps it looked like it was going to be. I predicted that we were going to win 28 to 10 on the Welcome to Perfectville podcast. Uh, I got the 10 part right. I just didn't get the 28. The offense just wasn't there. Um, a little bit of questionable play calling and decision making by Mike McDaniel. We'll talk about that fourth and three with Chase Edmonds up the middle when you should have taken the points, especially in a low scoring game. You always take the points to go up by two scores. I mean, you have to read the room and go, look, our defense is playing quite well. The odds of them scoring 10 points from that point, if you go up by nine to beat us, are really, really low. Um, he put us in a little bit of a bind there. Now, looking at the tape, it did look like there was a hole um, over on the Toronto left of Teron Armstead on the left tackle side, and Chase Edmonds simply missed it, tried to just go right up the middle. I think they were trying to catch the defense off guard, try to get them maybe with their feet, maybe not all the way set, and Chase Edmonds could have scattered through there, but it did not work out. I, I would have taken the points there. I would have gone for it later in the game uh, towards the end when it was fourth and three around midfield. I would have gone for it then. Uh, I think Mike McDaniel got those two scenarios backwards. He should have kicked the field goal uh, early in the game or earlier in the game, and he should have gone for it later in the game. But either way, all's well that ends well again. 16 to 10, Noah Igbenogane with the game ceiling interception in the end zone 
Um, I've given Noah Igbenogany, and rightfully so, a lot of crap on this show. He has not lived up to the hype. He has been, a, up to this point, a bust player, especially with that first-round draft pick attached to him. But uh, he has played much better these last two weeks. He's forced into action due to all the injuries, and it's just even again with Brandon Jones now going on IR as well. But uh, he has stepped up to his credit. So he didn't have a great game, but he had a great way to finish that game. And I was holding my breath because they initially called him uh, out of bounds, and that was an incompletion. Uh, obviously, on the replay, he got both feet in, held the ball all the way down to the ground. It was an interception, and it did since the game for us. But uh, I was thinking, oh, just our luck. Noah comes this close to getting his first career interception, and maybe he bobbled it when he landed or he didn't get both feet down. And then here, here comes Kenny Pickett with another opportunity to get into the end zone. But uh, alas, it didn't happen. Noah Igbenogany gets the interception, seals the win for the Miami Dolphins, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, honestly, what a railroad and, and roller coaster this kid has been on since he was drafted. I mean, he gets drafted in the first round. He you know, has a very bad first year, comes back, works hard. By all accounts, was a workout warrior during the offseason, uh, going into his second year, again, plays horribly. Uh, and can barely get any playing time going up into his third year. We've all written him off, including myself. And then, wouldn't you know it, uh, forced into action due to a rash of injuries to the defensive backfield for the Miami Dolphins and um, comes up aces. So congratulations, Noah Igbenogane. Save the day. Save the day for the Miami Dolphins against a uh, a pretty bad Pittsburgh Steelers team. Like, let's be honest, the Miami Dolphins shouldn't have even been this close. I mean, I think they were coming into this game minus seven and a half, meaning uh, even Vegas said, you're going to beat them by more than a touchdown. And they didn't do it. So part of that, I think, has to do with the fact that, A, Mike McDaniel made a couple of lousy decisions. Uh, if you kick that field goal, Jason Sanders, you go up by nine. You're up two scores against a team that's, you know, starting a concussed rookie quarterback and getting picket and is depleted on defense, uh, as well as just not clicking on all cylinders when it comes to uh, the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's got to be smarter with his decision-making there. Uh, furthermore, if you are going to go for it, I don't think Chase Edmonds is the answer. I mean, the guy's dropping balls left and right like he's a kid going through puberty. He He's not finding the right hole, um, I guess, kind of like a kid going through puberty. And uh, Raheem Mostert has already solidified himself as the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins. It started with Chase Edmonds. I would have predicted Chase Edmonds was going to be the feature back in this offense, given his versatility in terms of pass blocking, running with the ball, and of course, uh, his ability to quote-unquote catch out of the backfield. But uh, something's eating him up right now. Raheem Mostert has passed him on the depth chart. You've got others saying, bring back Miles Gaskin to replace Chase as the second back. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but there is definitely something going on with Chase Edmonds, and you want to mitigate the amount of times that you are relying on him to get you a crucial first down or whatever the case may be. Um, that being said, Tua looked sharp early. He was throwing the ball uh, to Jalen Waddle. I don't know why he only got four catches. They should have been giving him the ball a little bit more. At one point, Jalen Waddle showed us that Penguins can fly. It might have been his last catch of the day, but it was he flew, man. He got up into the air, and he grabbed this ball, which he had no right to get, and brought it back down. Very Aronde Gadsden-esque in terms of the athleticism and the ability to go get something that maybe should have been outside of his uh, his catch radius. But uh, Jalen Waddle is something else. I mean, Tyreek is Tyreek, but Jalen Waddle uh, continues to impress me. Uh, he had that bad game against uh, the Vikings, came back and played outstanding in this one. Kudos to Jalen Waddle. Uh, Tyreek, uh, six catches for 60 some odd yards, kind of a kind of a pedestrian day for Tyreek Hill. If you can uh, if you can actually, you know, consider that. 
But uh, I, I don't know why we got away from them. The, the one thing I didn't understand about this game, even though we won, and I'm excited that we won, and at the end of the day, that is what is important here because the Miami Dolphins were on a three-game losing streak. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers were worse than them and are worse than them. You have to win this game. At some point, it doesn't even matter. It's just the old Oakland Raider just win baby mentality, and that's what happened. But we were pretty aggressive in the first half. Tua was throwing the ball down the field. He was getting the ball out early. Uh, we were throwing the ball quite a bit. And then we got the lead, and then we went somewhat conservative. It, it kind of reminded me of Dolphins offenses of yesteryear. It's like, why didn't we come out and continue to attack? Why didn't we come out and get the ball further down the field? I mean, at one point, there was two drives in a row where I don't think we had a targeted throw beyond five yards from the line of scrimmage. And at one point, I think it was like fourth and nine, and we threw like a four or five-yard out route and we're asking people like Mike Gesicki to go out and get yards after the catch. That's just that's just foolish. That's just not what you want to do. You got to get the ball down the field, especially when you have track stars like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, why not try to utilize them as much as you can? They did later. I mean, he threw a couple balls down the field to Tyreek and uh, there was good coverage. It wasn't underthrown. I don't know. I mean, if you look from the end zone cam, it looked like he was leading him inside a little bit and Tyreek was starting to bend inside very similar to that Baltimore Ravens throw that he caught down the middle of the, uh, the field uh, back in week two. But um, the defender was just in good position and couldn't get there. So I don't know that that was necessarily an underthrow. I thought he actually placed the ball where he was supposed to place it uh, and Tyreek was making the play on the ball, but the defender just did a good job, uh, but there should be more of that. I mean, you've got those two guys and Gesicki, who I, I think had a decent game. Um, he didn't like the world on fire. He didn't have a touchdown catch, but you know, it was nice to see him involved in the offense two weeks in a row. And uh, he got involved early, which I think is key with Mike Gesicki. If you can get him the ball early, uh, I think he's much more engaged throughout the rest of the game. And, um, and it shows, but uh, you got to get those guys, you know, that depth of target. I know Tua is leading the league in that right now, but it's got to be a little bit further. We got really flat. We started playing sideline to sideline on offense in the second half. And as a result, we actually weren't that aggressive and, and we didn't have the points to show for it. So um, I'd like to see this team going into that uh, Detroit Lions game. Take advantage. Take, try to take the top off the, the this defense as, as early and often as you possibly can. Um, but some of the positives here, Raheem Mostert looked amazing. He looked super fast. He looked big. He looked bigger than I remember seeing him ever look. Uh, the uniforms were amazing as well. Uh, no issues whatsoever with the uniforms. No issues with Raheem Mostert. I thought he uh, he ran with um, with purpose. He got through the hole as quickly as he possibly could, and he was really close a couple of times of breaking a big chunker in terms of the run game. Uh, Teron Armstead looked great. It was great for him to take that week off, even though we lost against the Vikings, so he could come back and be his usual self. Um, it did look like that we were going to get um, Austin Jackson back. That did not happen. In fact, he's, he's, he's had a little bit of a setback. He's not playing or practicing this week either, but Brandon Shell looked really good. Uh, Greg Little, um, thank you for trying, but uh, I think you're back on the bench now. Brandon Shell, I think, has solidified himself on that right tackle until further notice, which is awesome because you get Teron Armstead back, you get Brandon Shell, who's playing competently at the right tackle position. Of course, you've got uh, Connor Williams at center, and you've got uh, Robert Hunt, who's graded out really well as a right guard. It all helps Liam Eichenberg, who had a couple of really bad penalties. He's inside of his own head right now. Um, I think more than anything, Liam Eichenberg needs uh, a mental reset, and maybe that's what Teron Armstead can do for him as the leader of that line. But even blocking, Liam looked much better in this game than he has recently. So in general, clean pocket to a early, got the ball out, 
quickly to help himself. And I think help everybody kind of ease off from the national media, looking at what he was going to do. And of course he goes out and uh, steamrolls a couple of players, puts his head down and uh, tries to get the first down uh, the old fashioned way, the gritty way, which uh, I don't know that we want him doing that all the time, but I actually enjoyed it. I, it was fun to see him say, you know what? Screw it. I play football. This is how I play football and I ain't going to change uh, for anybody. And I'm doing just fine. He, uh, he didn't have any injuries. He looked crisp, uh, especially early. Um, lots of, you know, I don't even know what to call it late, um, bad throws, bad decisions. I don't know if it's because of the rain or if he just had a miscommunication if he's a little rusty, but, uh, there were some balls that should have been picked off by this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And thankfully they were not, but uh, at the end of the day, you look at the stat line over 200 yards, uh, passing, he had a touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks. I was able to run the ball a little bit, move around in the pocket. And uh, <clears throat> we win the game. So wouldn't you know it, Tua Tungvalu is the starter and finisher of this game, and the Miami Dolphins win. That is the recipe for success. That's what I've been saying on these Finstant reaction shows over the last few weeks is that if you don't have Tua in there, this is a wildly looking team, wildly different looking team, including their mentality. Um, so I think having their emotional leader back in terms of Tua Tungvalu at quarterback really helped this team, especially early, come out firing. And that was just awesome to see. I'd like to see that sustained success. So maybe bring what we had in that first quarter and spill that over into the second, third, and fourth. But we'll get there. I mean, we know we can do it. We've seen what they can do in the fourth quarter when it comes to the Buffalo Bills game as well as the Baltimore Ravens game. And to some extent, that Minnesota Vikings loss. We see what we can do to open a game with scripted plays and actually execute. Uh, it's just a matter of putting it all together. At some point this season, there's going to be an explosion of offense throughout the entire game. And I don't know who whose head it's going to land on. I'm hoping the Jets. I'd love to get them a receipt back. But uh, for now, you're seeing the glimpses of it. It's starting to come together. Mike McDaniel needs to learn, and he will, and adjust his own play calling and his own decision making. Uh, the defense, credit to Josh Boyer. I mean, it can't be stated enough. I mean, Josh Boyer's gotten a lot of crap. And in some cases, I think it's justified. But he's working with a motley skeleton crew of defensive backs back there. I mean, we lose Brandon Jones. He's now on IR. Um, the snowman, Javon Holland, had a great way, uh, almost sealed the game with his own interception, baited the rookie Kenny Pickett into making that throw, knowing full well that he could get there and pick it off. That was awesome to see. And Xavier Howard had a great game as well, by the way. But uh, we're dealing with, you know, Justin Bethel. We're dealing with Noah Igbenogene. I mean, these are guys that are not household names for anyone in the league, including Miami Dolphins fans. And we were able to put together a pretty decent defensive effort in the defensive backfield. So kudos to Josh Boyer, Sam Madison, our old friend, and uh, others for making that happen. I uh, really, really do think that was fantastic. Jalen Phillips had a very good game, uh, one and a half sacks on the, on the day. Uh, he was making plays where he was on the opposite side of the field and coming over, making tackles, making stops. Uh, he played fantastic, especially with Emmanuel Ogba out. He played like a man possessed. I think that's two games in a row that Phillips has actually started to heat up, wake up. We saw something very similar last year in his rookie season. Seems like it takes him about four or five games to really get going, get in that rhythm. But once he does, he takes off and it starts happening in very streaky moments. So look for Jalen Phillips in that Detroit game. Um, they have a good offensive line, so it'll be interesting to see what we do there. And uh, honestly, I thought uh, I thought Jerome Baker played okay. Um, not great, but he played okay. Andrew Van Ginkle, I thought, played quite well. And uh, the defense in general deserves a lot of credit. You hold a professional offense to 10 points on prime time at night, and uh, you do it with you know a makeshift defensive backfield. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. Josh Boyer uh, gets my game ball if I'm handing those out. 
But it was good to see Tua Tungabailoa come back. It was good to see him get on the scoring, uh, you know, the scoring chain right off the bat. I think that was our first opening drive TD of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it was good to just get it out early, get it in there, and get everyone go, okay, cool, we're back, we can do this. Uh, we got to clean up some penalties. We got to clean up uh, Chase Edmonds. You know, if, if you can get Chase Edmonds rolling with Raheem Mostert, then once again, look out because this team can be deadly if we get all phases of this game running um, and and catching the ball. So uh, that's some that's some areas for improvement, room for improvement, of course. Um, kind of like this uh, this new this new podcast setup that I have right now. For for those wondering, this is a brand new microphone, brand new headphones. Uh, brand new pop filter, which I already lost. I don't even know where it is, so I'm not even using that, but I'll get that on here as well. Um, I will get Chris on here. We'll do the proper show. We'll do the damn thing. We do have elite tweet, delete tweet that we got to do. I want to get Chris's thoughts on this game and, of course, everything going into that Detroit Lions uh, showdown here on Sunday. But uh, for now, Finston reaction, Finns win, four and three. Right now, if the playoffs were to start, we would be the sixth seed. So we're right in there. We're controlling our own destiny, and we've got uh, what looks to be a soft schedule for the next four or five weeks. And when you know what the Patriots lose as well. So the Miami Dolphins firmly in third place uh, behind, of course, the Buffalo Bills. And of course, you've got the uh, the New York Jets who continue to win. Uh, Brees Hall was their main guy. He goes down with an injury. They made a great trade in getting James Robinson. I thought that was very impressive for the Jets to go out and just shore that up as quickly as they can. And they're catching breaks after breaks after breaks. They keep getting backup quarterbacks to play against. And uh it's kind of funny because these Jet fans are getting cocky, and I'm like, wait till you play an actual starting quarterback again, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, kudos to them. They're five and two. Miami Dolphins right behind them at four and three. We owe them a little bit of a receipt here later this year, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, all's well that ends well, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, I was a little bit dismayed with this win, but after thinking about it, I'm, 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 I think I'm uh, relatively happy with the win. You know, a win is a win is a win. The Miami Dolphins are four and three. They have a winning record. They, uh, they get Tua Tungavailoa back, and they're relatively healthy on the offensive side of the ball, uh, which means nothing but good things going forward. So, uh, fins up. Nothing else left to say other than goodbye from Perfectville. Later! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.